I just got done with the Iowa Deer Classic. It was the second time I ever went to the Classic. Um, the first time was last year. I took my son Jonas, and he's been begging me ever since we went last year and, and making sure that it wasn't, you know, already happened and he missed out on it. He keeps saying, Dad, when is the, when is the Deer Classic? Are we going to go? And uh, this year my work had a booth there. We, we were selling uh, some, some native uh prairie grass and prairie flowers to you know make perennial food plots and screens to get to your deer stand and bedding cover and and security cover and everything else that a deer hunter may be interested in that's managing their land and so we got to spend all three days there and on right before i left so i took i took my son on saturday and then my daughter on sunday and margo yep margo that's right that's right and uh, I go upstairs to get one last look at the antlers. And I had a couple antlers that qualified for North American Shed Hunters Club this year that uh, made, that cleared the 60-inch the mark. And uh, so I got went and bought a sweatshirt to kind of commemorate that. And lo and behold, I'm turning around after buying that sweatshirt. And I bought one for my buddy, Caleb, too. So, Caleb, when you uh, listen to this episode tomorrow, you're going to find out that you got yourself a sweatshirt coming. But uh, he also made it, and he had a couple nice sheds that cleared it. And uh, I turn around to leave, and there I see a familiar face. A guy I haven't seen in a while, but we talk often. We talk deer all the time. And that would be what, the guy that I call the greatest deer hunter you've never heard of. That's, <laughs> Mr., that's Mr. Chris Dyer. And uh, we won't. Chris, Chris is a true whitetail guy, so we won't say where he's from, but, uh, we'll just say he's in Iowa and, uh, Chris has hunted all over the state and, uh, he's really built his life around deer hunting. In fact, you can go back to episode number eight and learn the story about how Chris ended up in Iowa. He's a Virginia boy originally. Um, that's where he, uh, cut his teeth on deer hunting and then, uh, moved out to Iowa and he's just been a cold blooded killer since then in his house. Although he's been moving around a little bit here lately. I don't know. Maybe you don't have all your mounts out and stuff yet. But but uh, last time I was at his house, it was like going into a whitetail museum. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sheds everywhere. Crazy bucks he's killed. Um, uh, one, one really wild buck that had some kind of, must have had some kind of antler tumor or something where he's got just these two like cauliflower antlers coming out of the side of his, sides of his head. Just really, really wild stuff. That's, that's uh, just one of a kind and a deer guy as much as somebody can be a deer hunter. That's Chris. And uh, the reason I saw Chris up there, he wasn't just checking out the other sheds. He had two sheds, a match set that won him the title for second place, biggest match set, typical antlers so scored typically which to me is even more challenging you know you can find those big freak non-typicals that just some wild thing going on there with the deer but to to do it to achieve that with a typical set really shows you how impressive of an animal it was and uh chris is great at matching up antlers i am not great at matching up antlers i don't know if it's a patience thing for me or uh you know every now and then i'll find a match but Usually I just, I'm a singles guy. I find a lot of singles, but, but, um, rarely match them up. And so I thought for this episode of picking bones, these short 15 minute episodes, I thought we'd bring Chris on here to talk to us about how he matches up his sheds. So Chris, what are some tips you got for matching up sheds? Maybe you can tell the story about the, the 
you can finish up telling the story about the uh, big set that you found last year. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, uh, the set that I took to the classic last weekend was, uh, was, uh, was the biggest set I've ever found match set, um, bar none. He, uh, was kind of a, you know, a, a shock. I didn't get pictures of him until like the middle of, uh, November, um, 22 season. Um, and it tried to try to get on him, but I just, I, I couldn't, I didn't get on him, never saw him. Uh, by the time I found out about him, it was, you know, gun season had already gone through. So things had, the dynamic in the woods had changed a lot. It, it was on public ground where I, where I found the shed. So he, he was gone. He wasn't on the public ground. I didn't think, uh, but apparently he was, I, I just didn't, you know, get any pictures of him. But uh, anyways, I went in after season and the first time in there, there was still snow on the ground in the middle of January. I was walking trails, trying to learn the area a little bit better. And I actually walked right up on the right side, just boom, right there. Right, like mm. right in like, one of the one of the trails. And that was just like, I mean, I, I knew what antler it was. I knew what deer it was before I even picked it up. I just stood there and was kind of in awe. Just like, wow, that's, that's <laughs> him. He's live, you know. Yep. And, uh, and at that point, that just kind of lit a fire in me to last year to to try to match it up and um it took about two months i mean i didn't find the other side till i think it was around the 20th of march don't quote me on the exact date but it was right around that time frame and uh i think the, the thing that really kind of made it hard for this specific set was like when i found the first side it was laying tines up in a trail um and the the other side i believe it was the left side uh, was laying tines down in in some crp Hmm. And the only, the only thing that I could see was the kind of the arch of the beam. And it had, had it had at that point gotten a little bit bleached out. So it stuck out a little bit better out of the, out of the CRP. But I, I think, you know, looking back on it, I think I'd probably walked by it at least two or three times within 50 yards and just, wow. and just missed it. But, uh, um, that's kind of the story on that. That's crazy. That. So, so, so there's yeah. a, there's a lesson to be learned right there. You could be that close to that big of an antler and walk by it, you know, two or three times. That that brings me back to something that you told me a long time ago, which was um, sometimes I wonder about the things that I've I've walked past. And, oh yeah, I hate, I hate to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And and you know, I, it makes me think too. Uh, the buck that you shot this year, late muzzleloader, just a real dandy of a buck, and uh, somebody hopefully. Hopefully somebody found those sheds. Hopefully the squirrels didn't find them because man, those things would be those things would be really wicked cool to to pick up. Yeah. But have you heard yeah. Have you heard anything on that? Uh, the, the the most I've heard about that specific deer is uh, a young man that I talked to that had trail cam pictures of him last year and said that last year he thought maybe it was in the one seventies or one eighties. But uh, um, I, as far as sheds go, I don't I don't know of anybody that you know, has picked them up or sure. heard anything. Well, maybe, maybe you'll, uh, maybe you'll stumble across them sometime. That'd be pretty cool to yeah, find the old set, but, uh, no, just a uh, really remarkable, a couple of remarkable bucks, you know, that we're talking about right now. And, and, uh, um, just the, the fact that Chris can piece that puzzle together, I think is what makes it really impressive. So what are some good tips you have for, uh, matching up when you, when you got one in the bag? Now, if it's, if, if it's like a small little four point side or something, I imagine you probably don't spend a lot of time, 
you know, working real hard to find the other side to it, but maybe somebody listening in, they haven't found a lot of sheds before and they do, they do want to match one of those up. So what's, what's uh, like some good general rules that you can go by to find that other side? I don't know that I have like any, any like hard and set rules. I think, you know, a lot of people you probably heard it from just the more time you spend out there is, is, it's just working in, in your favor. Um, I guess, I guess you got to kind of assume though, in the back of your mind, you have to assume it's, it's out there. I think staying positive and assuming mm. that nobody else picked it up or no one else has found it, you know, at least on public ground is something that uh, I struggled with <laughs> looking yeah. for that other shed because, you know, after looking for it, I, 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 I think after I found that first shed last year, I probably, I would venture to guess at least, you know, 30 to 40 to 50 hours I had in just looking for that other shed. And I'm, and, I found lots of sheds. Don't get me wrong. While right. I was looking for that, I just I just didn't find the shed I was looking for. And I mean, I was finding sheds off other bucks that I had on trail cam picture that I was recognizing and stuff, which made it fun. But I got to a point where you know, in late March, before I finally found it, that I kind of thought I was looking for something that didn't exist. So I think saying you know, having that positive mentality um, that you're you're just going to be out there uh, getting some exercise, having some fun with with kind of not really the expectation of finding it, but just that, you know, the more time you spend out there, the more you're going to learn, um, and, and, you know, and the better chance that you do have had to find it. But I think really kind of think something that I would maybe maybe throw out there is, um, you know, something that I learned from that experience was don't expect to find it where you think it's going to be, um, hmm. be, be because that's that's often not the case um, in terms of, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of map and there's a lot of area that 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 deer that you're looking for can, can be in and traveling and i think if you think that it's got to be in, in in a certain area because you found the first one um I don't, I don't think that's always the case i mean i have found some mat sets that are like almost side by side or within um of sight of each other but that's not always the case i found like this one was a quarter mile away from from, from the other one um and i just in, in the back of my mind i didn't think it would be that far i based on prior ex- experiences and such, I, I've always, always heard and you know, believe that some of these bigger sheds that have more weight to them um, are frustrating to the deer when they lose one side. So they want to try to bump the other side off. I've, I found sheds stuck in trees where big bucks have actually bigger deer have stuck their uh, antler in the tree. And I think tried to pull the other one off wow. I found a big that one time. Um, and I, and I, and I think that a lot of times, you know, guys will tell you that um, they've seen, they've seen big deer after they lose one, uh, kick, kick the other one off. I think especially like in, like on some of those deer farms, but you're talking about a deer in a deer farm really that has, you know, abnormally large heavy antlers. But I, I still think the same thing happens with some of the bigger deers, uh, sets out in the wild. Um, yeah. I just, I've always kind of thought, I think in the back of my mind that it would be close. And after finding this first one and how heavy it was, I was like, man, it's gotta be within a hundred yards. In, or, or, so I think, I spent too much time after I exhausted that area, kept going back and kind of searching within that 100, 150 yard radius. Whereas I just, I think something I learned was that you got to be willing to kind of branch out and and cover new terrain and and kind of check that off your list. And once you've really kind of thoroughly hit an area and you don't see it, but you know, it's on the ground, um, which I did, I knew it was on the ground. Um, And and, and the way that I knew it was on the ground is because I got, got some, you know, trail cam photos that told me this deer has shed both of his antlers. He's right, yeah. on the ground somewhere, you know, and uh, that really kind of gave me hope that no one else had, 
had, had picked it up. But in the back of my mind, like I said before, I thought I was looking for someone to exist. So I, I would I would say, you know, after you've thoroughly covered an area in which you expect the shed to be, it's time it's time to move on. It's time time to kind of start branching out from mm -hmm. there. You know how they say the grid, a lot of guys will talk about gridding. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I necessarily grid an area, but I try to work over um, the areas until I, I I feel like you know I, I've been through it thoroughly. And then if I were to go back through it again, I just you know I feel like man I really covered this well. Um, but you know a lot of guys I think when, when they're when they're shed hunting will just kind of walk through an area and be like well there's nothing there. I I would I would venture to say that um, there probably was. And, mm. and you know not, not all the time but if you can if you if you're willing to kind of go back through it from a different angle um or, or maybe even turn around and do checks behind you because you can see you get a different perspective on the, on the way the woods lays and, and the, the angles of uh of, of these antlers from uh from a different vantage point or point of view Definitely, um yeah. so um I, I i would just say you know pound the ground the more time you're out there, the better chance you got. Kind of try to eliminate areas, um, you know, by pounding the ground. Uh, just keep moving through and, and kind of uh, in looking and, and working the area and just kind of checking stuff off your list as to where you think he was or where you think he went. And uh, in, in those areas where you can't really see um, the ground, you need to you need to spend some more time in there and really get up in there and look close to your feet because I'll be. It's amazing to me. How, how well I think I've scouted an area or scanned an area and filmed an area and searched an area and looked down three feet away from my foot and there's a shed antler. Yeah. Like, well, how, how, did, how did that one get there? And yeah. it's just, just like, um, you know, I just, I, it's hard, it's hard to do, but I, I just got to try to keep myself when I'm out there looking to move slow and just really take my time and, and, and really, really, really cover an area. Cause if you, if you move fast, you're going to miss stuff. I think a lot of guys and I, you know, and me included, um, when you're out there looking for a shed, I think a lot of guys are looking for like that white bone like mm -hmm. color woods, which is great. That's a great, great thing to look for. But the thing about it is um, not all antlers are going to be having that white uh, sun bleached bone like look. There's a lot of them that are brown and dark colored. And yeah. those are the ones if you're looking for that white bleached bone, you, you might almost step on one of those ones that's got that brown coloration and that look mm -hmm. to it. And, and a lot of them have that, especially when they're fresh before they've been laying there for weeks on end, you know, yeah. but, uh, that would, that would be something definitely to keep in mind too. Um, but I, you know, a lot of guys will tell you too, when they're shed hunting to, to try to, to, to create like a, um, or look for a part of an antler. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't really follow that. I, I think that that's kind of, um, it's maybe a good idea and it might work for them. But for me, I just look for something that looks like it's out of place or doesn't really belong. or looks a little abnormal. Sure. in the timber um in, in my mind there's kind of two ways that an antler can be laying it can be either laying tines up and if it's got those big giant tines man you've been blessed because he's going to see <laughs> it from right, a long yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh a lot of times they're laying tines down so you don't see that like abnormal you know g2 g3 g4 or g2 and g3 if it's a big eight corner you'll see like the curve of the beam yeah, so that's man. kind of like the kind of search patterns that i'm kind of looking for when i'm out there and those are them something that's kind of abnormally shaped like that for the points of the tines or, or that curved beam. And those, those two things you don't see a lot in the timber. I mean, you're going to get out there and you're going to see stuff that looks like that. Um, that's going to be a dead, dead limb. It's just, it's just the way it's going to be laying at the base of a tree. But you know, that's why I like to take my binoculars so I can throw them up real quick and just confirm that it's a limb. So I don't waste my time walking mm -hmm. over there and look, but you know, 
you know, this year I, uh, I've spotted a, a couple this year from, um, you know, out there ways that just didn't look right. Having those, those, those search images I'm kind of talking about those times or that curved beam and you throw those binoculars up, man. And that, that's, that'll help you tremendously cover some ground because you don't have to spend your time crossing a Creek or crossing a ditch or walking over there. Um, to maybe where already where you've been or haven't been yet or, um, and pick those sheds out. But in terms of matching them up, I, w- I would just say, you know, get out there as much as you can. If it's an antler that you're really wanting to find, I would get out there as much as you can kind of keep, keep track of where, uh, where you've been kind of, you know, searching it. Uh, a friend of mine, he, he likes to keep his, uh, his travel route mapped out on Onyx. So I haven't never done that. I just haven't really got into that yet like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great, a great idea to help you eliminate uh, places that you've already been, but kind of keep a track of where you've been and really, I mean, really going slow. If I, if I could emphasize how, how slow that it, that, that, it, that it, you need to go, it's just, I would say like, if you're, if you're walking more than 10 steps and not stopping, you're going too fast. Wow. I, re- I really, okay. I really think that if you're, if you're taking more than 10 steps in the timber and you're not stopping, you're, you're going too fast. Like you need to stop and look around in front of you and work out almost as far as you can see, almost back to you. And then sometimes I'll even break it up and just turn around and do the same thing, you know, all around me. So I just kind of get a different perspective and angle. And if you can stay higher in the timber, like up on a little knob or a ridge, it helps out a lot too. You can pick out stuff because a lot of those smaller sheds that don't have the the big tines and the beam, they're not going to pop out at you. I mean, they're just not. You almost have to be up on top of them or step on them to get mm. those little. I mean, those little ones, as you know, yeah, they're, they're harder to find than the big ones. I mean, they really yeah. are because they're so flat to the ground. Yeah, and, uh, it'd be interesting to know the percentage of like spikes that go unfound every year. It's got to be yeah. crazy high, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've found a handful of spikes never match you know never match yeah. on spikes it's just that they're, yeah. they're just tiny but yeah that yeah. all really good tips you know before we wrap this one up here chris i do have a, a burning question for you here guys talking about looking in in cornfields and gritting cornfields yeah and often i think everybody who finds a shed in like a waterway or a you know a buffer strip or something like that surrounded by corn they they yeah. just instinctively think oh the match is somewhere out in the middle of the cornfield do you find that very often that a lot of sheds end up in the cornfield or uh do you think they're much more likely to be in their bed somewhere or a travel route to between bed to food well i mean that's what you hear everybody say is like you know either in the bedding area feeding area on the routes in between um, I think if I if I had to pick like one spot like that I find most of my sheds, it would be like on the edge of a cornfield or on the edge of a bean field that's got that like brownish buffle like I don't know what kind of grass it is. I mean you probably have a better idea of what it's called than I do. It's almost like a fescue or an orchard grass that's kind of it's gone through its growing season. It's dead. It's laying down. And I think my my thought process is. The deer go out there and they eat, right? And mm-hmm. they need they're they're seeking out a comfortable place to lay down and chew their cud before they're going to get up and, and feed again. I feel like that is probably the best area to find sheds in the wintertime if you're in an area where there's food. If you're mm-hmm. not in an area where there's food, I don't think it really matters. I don't think you're going to find too many sheds anyways. But if you're in an area where there's a lot of food and there's a lot of deer wintering there, those are the areas that I find a lot of sheds, not only fresh sheds, but sheds that nobody picked up the year before that those, those 
weeds and, and underbrush growth have grown back around mm. and then it's died again on them and you'll see like the bleached out pine from the year before those are the number one spots that i like you mentioned waterways that's kind of what i'm talking about the same, mm-hmm. same kind of grass and stuff that you find in a waterway like in an old in a field um so i'd say that's probably like the number one spot in terms of finding them in corn i found them in corn but the ones that i found in corn have been on two two situations mainly like a really rainy day they seem to pop out or a really wet moist day um, mm-hmm. when there's not a lot, when there's a lot of cloud cover and it's not bright they seem to obviously you know think this antlers pop out more yeah. number two they've been been if they've been out there a while they'll, they'll they're going to bleach out pretty quick because they're getting hit by that sun all day long right. it's going to get them but to be honest with you i usually don't check cornfields in an area until Till the end of the season, till the end of the shed season, because of that fact, it allows them to bleach out a little bit oh, more. That's, good. that's a really good tip. Yeah. So I, I kind of don't hit them until till the end because most guys aren't going to hit them at all because, you know, that's you, true. You, you know what it's like. You look out there and you're like, oh, there's no way. They're <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no way. But if there's a lot of deer in that area, and, and let's say there was like a lot of, let's say the farmer that went through there combined it, but he left a lot of waste corn, like a lot of loose corn still out there. Yeah, it's probably going to be there's probably going to be some sheds out there if the deer were wintering there close by. Sure. I mean, you know, just that that's a great great wintering food source. Yeah, you know, that's something we didn't mention earlier. Like, I would I would almost say like to anybody that's just getting into shed hunting or, or or wanting to explore it, I think a lot of people get frustrated. I've talked to a lot of people. Like, I got a really close buddy that lives in Virginia, and you know, in Virginia there's there's not as big a deer as in Iowa, and um, you know, it's harder to find big sheds if there's not big sheds but right. he's gone out a couple times and got super frustrated because he hasn't found anything and i think like if i could give like one piece of advice to anybody that was shed hunting and, and, and I, I didn't really pick up on it for a long time is you have to be in an area where the deer spent their winter mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you're not if you're just going out to your farm or a public area and the deer did not winter there um you're probably not going to find any sheds right Yep. You're just, it's, it's just kind of the way it is. You're probably not going to find a shed. And if you do that a lot, you're going to get burnt out pretty, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. be really selective in, in, in terms of the areas that you go. If you can find an area where they wintered and spent some time really close to a food source, you're probably going to do well. Yep. And, uh, you know, but once you, once you find that big shed and you want to match it up, I'd say, number one, you just got to, you got to keep that positive mentality that it's out there because it probably is unless someone else got it, which you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it just, just keep going after it, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, most of the time, you're probably not going to find it, but <laughs> sometimes, yeah, that. and that's pretty cool when you do, it's really, yeah. It's really cool. so, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, man, that, that would be my, my advice. Get you go out there, like, and, and have it, have fun with it. Just keep a positive, uh, uh attitude and, and, and have fun with it. And the thing about it is even if you don't find it, I bet you, you'll learn something each time yep. you go out there that you'll, you'll learn something that will help you become a better hunter or become a better shed hunter or maybe even become a better person. Who knows, you know, yep, but, that's uh, right. but, but yeah, yeah. I just, uh, just have fun with it and you know, good things will happen. Yeah. Very well said. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining on this uh, kind of last minute. We scheduled this, but man, perfect, timely advice. Sheds are dropping. Still a lot of bucks holding too, though. I've been getting a lot of cam- uh, trail cam photos from friends with uh, bucks holding both sides. I would say probably, I don't know, uh, maybe 50% of bucks are probably dropped now. Does that sound right to you, Chris, maybe around that? Yeah, I would say, I would say at least, yep. Yep. So a lot of, a lot of sheds still being carried around. So don't give up hope and rotate your, 
properties that you have access to accordingly, you know, give, give them a rest, uh, hit them, then move on to the next one. And, and like Chris said, prioritize based on where, you know, deer have been hanging out. Just great advice there from, from Chris. But, uh, you also want to be thinking about your Western hunting experiences that you can be having coming up here in the next few months. I was just talking to my kids today. They were, my son Jonas was asking about when the full draw film tour was going to be. And, uh, that's in July every year. And, um, at least in Iowa, it's a good time. And, uh, he thought that was, you know, like days away. And I had explained to him, no, that's, uh, that's four months away, buddy. And, uh, but to say that four months away is, is, uh, July, uh, that puts into perspective how we're already three months into the new year and it's never too early to start planning about those Western hunts. So talk to our good buddy, Alex Gruen from East to West hunts, a proud sponsor of the first gen hunter podcast and a long time, uh, just a partner with us here. He's, he's, been so good to us talk to him he'll get your hunt plan set up for you for whatever your dream hunt is help you with all the tag apps and uh gear and everything else that goes into that and then of course the presenting sponsor spartan forge uh they do of course all the mapping which is critically important during shed season helps you look at those terrain features helps you identify uh the kind of bedding and and food that deer need during this shedding time of year and uh, you can use spartan forge to help you with that of course as well and until next time be sure you get out there prioritize those good spots oh before we wrap this one up here chris what's your shed count for 2023 buddy uh well it's today march 6th i think as of march 6th today i'm, I'm still at 27 uh i didn't get out last weekend at all uh i mean it would probably would have been a couple good days the weather was pretty nice but i didn't get out and walk around i was up there you know at the classic all weekend which was fun i mean I'd recommend it to anybody go up there. If you've never been up there and seen the shed antler collection that the, those North American guys have, it's it's worth seeing once in your lifetime. It's just phenomenal. But uh, yeah, 27, man, I hope to hope to get up there a little further. Um, not having access or not being as close to a lot of the, the places that I used to shed hunt a lot, I'm just hoping to make it to 35 or 40 this year. I think I'll make it pretty with ease. I'm not trying to. Oh yeah, I think I think I, I think you'll be back up there in the 50s, buddy, for sure. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I hope so. We'll see. But uh, I, I'm going to go over and shed hunt with my brother and my dad here. Um, not not this week, but next week on our place. I think I, we know that there's three good ones in there that have all dropped and there's a handful of others. So I'm sure sure we'll get some over there. It's been a, a good place over the years. But, uh, you know, just, uh, I, if you know, something we didn't mention that would probably be good is if you have your own farm and you know there's good deer on it, um, wait till they drop. You yeah. know, wait till the ones, at least, at least the ones that you want to find the antlers do wait till they drop before you go in there and start walking around. Okay. Granted the squirrels might chew some of them up and get to them, but they won't get them all, you know, just watch them with your cameras. You'll be able to tell man. It's easy. They'll have these big pockets on their head and <laughs> it'll yep, be time to go right. when you see them. That's but, right. Uh, yeah. 27 is where I'm at, man. Hope to get a few more. Well, I'm sure you will, buddy. You're uh best shed hunter I know. So I'm, I'm, I'm very confident you're going to hit 50 again this year even though you are in some new territory but thanks again buddy for joining us and until next time everyone take care and take someone hunting